0: Welcome to episode 20 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today's episode is all about back pain. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: All right, episode 20.
1: Episode 20. Special we- episode all on one topic.
0: All things back pain. I think this was a super popular episode request in the last few weeks, so we decided to kind of conglomerate all these questions together into one simple episode.
1: Conglomerate is your new favorite word.
0: It's kind of a, it's kind of a good word.
1: He's been using it a lot. I mean, but sometimes I feel like not in the right way. No, like that's definitely use, the right. No, way. Well, that that maybe was, but I still think that you you're trying to say consolidate, and instead you're saying no. Conglomerate, conglomerate
0: is definitely the right word there.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the journalism major here, but you know, whatever. No so. big
0: deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, right. So we, yeah, we were, we were talking that. We, we can't believe it's been 20 episodes, but also can't believe that it's only been 20 episodes at the same time. <laughs> we feel like we've been doing this for a little while, but um, hopefully, you guys have been sticking through the uh, the initial first probably five episodes where we were like, What do we do? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a little awkward at first, but,
0: but it's going we're well. getting used to it. We just got back from uh, California, went to the Results Fitness Mastermind, and that is a collection of fitness businesses kind of all around the world, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it is a mastermind, so people get together, share ideas, shares what share what's working for them, what's not working for them, and kind of collaborate on how everyone can be uh, be a better business.
1: yeah, it's awesome because the I think the best part about it is like everyone is sort of vulnerable there and just kind of lets lets go of any ego or they don't try to like make it seem like they're doing better than anyone else like everyone's just there to help each other out to list out like what what's really going on and we it's nice to sometimes be in the company of other people who are going through the same things as you Mm -hmm. um because as a business owner sometimes it can get a little little lonely (laughs) you know people might not fully understand everything you're going through so having everyone uh there around you is is always a little helpful. yeah it's like oh
0: you're going through that too oh yeah same here and like yeah we can both kind of bond over that Um, this mastermind, we, um, we are facilitating a room, so we're help leading a room and we also gave a presentation, five lessons over the last five years, which, um, which went over pretty well. We kind of scrapped it together last minute, but got it done.
1: We really operate on last minute. I don't know if you all have noticed, but we ask you for your questions about an hour before we record our podcast. (laughs) We're
0: like, shoot, (laughs) we need questions.
1: (laughs) So that's kind of our MO. So classic packs right there (laughs) um but anyway should we should we get into the let's get into it okay so the first two questions um were very similar so we're just gonna uh, combine them together so one of them was from jack blues three and they asked a question for your podcast do you have any recommendations recommended exercises for folks with a bad back assuming something low impact but works the whole body thanks and then the other one was from john buckman and he asked, I commented on your post about tweaked backs, but I would love to hear a podcast about practical solutions for those with chronic back pain. So two very similar questions about what to do if you have lower back pain.
0: So lower back pain. I mean, this is, I would say, like, f- at least 50% of the people that walk in through our doors have some level of back pain. Right? Yeah. Most yeah. Mostly due to, um, you know, their sedentary lifestyles and whatnot. And I think... Well, first of all, the biggest thing that we need to do is figure out, like, what is actually going on at an underlying root level. Um, So we'd always recommend seeing a physical therapist or a chiropractor or acupuncturist or whoever medically you see. And from there, getting an official diagnosis and figuring out what is actually going on. It might be a disc bulge. It might be a disc herniation. Um, You might be extension sensitive, meaning that if you put your spine into an extended posture, like you lean back, that might get your back going. Uh, You might be flexion intolerant, whereas if you flex over like in a sit-up motion or getting up out of bed, um, if that triggers your back pain, you might be flexion intolerant. And that's going to really dictate and guide where your rehab as well as your training um, program should be directed towards. Um, So that will be step number one, actually getting it looked at and getting a formal diagnosis just so we're not barking up the wrong tree.
1: Right. So we're going to give today some general general, uh, recommendations just because we have so much experience with people who have chronic back pain, um, and some things that, that tend to work for most people. But nope. again, like Jason said, everybody is going to be dealing with something slightly different. So make sure that you are, are getting checked out and it's not something more severe, like a disc herniation or something like that, where, I mean, even still a lot of the things we'll talk about today are still things that will be safe for somebody with disc herniations. We have a lot of people that we train that are still able to Lift and and get really strong with disc herniations as yeah. long as you do it safely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said, I mean, I said, fifty percent of people that come in through our doors have some level of back pain, and I would say about ninety percent sort of resolve itself using the techniques we're going to be talking about. Yeah, but it never hurts to get it checked up on the front end. Um, and for those ten percent that come to us and have some more chronic lingering issues, then we definitely again refer them out to get some additional medical assistance.
1: Yeah, um, so let's talk about, I guess, the first first few things we focus on would be breathing Mm -hmm. is number one and then some just kind of like fundamental movement patterns just very low level um patterns so Mm -hmm. breathing we'll start with breathing um usually we'll get somebody so this also if you know that you're either flexion or extension uh intolerant this could change the way you position yourself um so if you tend to be extension intolerant then you wouldn't necessarily want to lay on your stomach because that's going to put you into a little bit more extension Mm -hmm. but for most people it's not so much that it aggravates it too much so usually we have someone lay on their stomach place their hands down on the floor and lay their forehead on their hands so they're fully relaxed want to think about getting all the tension out of their shoulders out of their upper back and Then we ask them to breathe, and oftentimes what we usually see is this heavy breath into the chest where the shoulders raise up and the upper back expands, and what we actually want to see is for that all to stay relaxed and for the lower back to start, the breath to start in the lower back. So really the breath is supposed to start down low in the diaphragm and gradually raise up into the shoulders, the chest and the shoulders.
0: Yeah, so the the chest and your shoulders and your neck, your face even, these are all accessory breathing muscles and what ends up happening either due to sedentary lifestyles or like just work stress or personal stress that happens people start to really breathe with those accessory muscles as their primary muscles so they get a lot of neck spasms neck pain upper trap pain where they feel like they want to get a massage on their upper backs all the time and they feel like they have knots all the time so breathing is one way to sort of reset that pattern and it's the the first. Exercise in every single person's program at our gym, no matter how advanced they are, no matter how beginner they are. It's the first thing that we address because it really takes care of a lot of issues on the, on the front end. So breathing, even just simple simple breathing like crocodile breathing like Lauren just talked about, can really get um, give you mobility gains. We see automatic gains in terms of um, shoulder mobility, hip mobility, all just by breathing and resetting that pattern.
1: Yeah, and that crocodile, I don't really know why it's called crocodile, but that position where you're (laughs) laying in your stomach with your head on your hands, um, it gives you some natural feedback from the floor to tell Mm -hmm. you if you are breathing through your belly or not. Um, So that's why we like to start in that position. Otherwise, it can be just difficult to know if you are breathing properly. So if you're laying flat on your belly, on the floor, as you breathe in, you should actually feel yourself push into the floor a little bit with your stomach as you breathe in. You don't wanna do that intentionally. So, you don't wanna just push out with your stomach. That's <laughs> nope. a different thing. Um, but it should just be that's what occurs naturally is if you breathe in and you start down low, your stomach pushes into the floor, you feel that feedback, and then the breath raises up.
0: Yes, perfect.
1: So, okay, so that would be number one. And then you can do that type of breathing in all different positions. So, after you kind of master that crocodile position, you can flip over onto your back. You can do a supine breathing drill where you're laying flat on your back with your, um, we like to have one hand on the lower stomach and one hand on the chest so you can actually feel again have that feedback that you're if you have your right hand on your belly your left hand on your chest when you start to breathe your right hand should expand up first and then your left hand should follow Mm -hmm. um so trying to do that all different positions laying down kneeling
0: child's pose pose, standing standing. yeah um yeah all those positions and the more frequently you do it the better and if you catch yourself at your desk and you you feel super stressed and high strung and suddenly you feel yourself breathing up top and just remind yourself to try to relax and breathe down lower into your diaphragm, into your core. Yeah,
1: and I will say that this was something for me actually that was extremely difficult as somebody who is very self conscious, um, mm. because my the thing I was most self conscious of in my earlier years were was my stomach. And I was not into expanding it any further, right? Like there, <laughs> yeah. when Jason first was like, you need to breathe in your belly. I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> no, I was always sucking in. And actually that sucking in doing that all day can cause back pain because yes. you're limiting the way that you're supposed to be breathing. So try as much as you can. I know that that can be uncomfortable. And, and also another reason to start on the floor um, just because that, it makes you feel a little bit almost like in a safer environment. Yeah, like your totally. stomach's facing the floor. Um, cause I get that. I totally get that if you're, if you're going through that. Um, and then over time you will start to just, it'll happen so naturally that you won't be thinking about it as much. But if you're somebody who finds themselves sucking in, try to, try to start relaxing your, your stomach a little bit. Cause that can actually, especially if you have back pain, that can really be contributing.
0: Yeah. So. And even though we're getting some expansion through the belly, it's definitely not causing any sort of. Excess weight gain. You're not gaining what. weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you, if you think about it, if you ever watch a baby breathe just naturally and they don't have any sort of preconceived societal like notions that they need to be worried about, mm-hmm. they just breathe totally relaxed in through the bellies. Their bellies just rise up and then come back down and just feel totally at ease. And, you know, subsequently, they also have great mobility and they can move really well.
1: And That's, no lower back pain. No, no <laughs> lower back No babies
0: have lower back pain. Uh, but okay. um, moving on into uh, low level exercises. So um, two exercises that we really like are um, one is called rocking. So literally just getting on all fours and just very slowly, ideally keeping your back in more of a neutral posture, just rocking your hips back and forth. So you go all the way back towards your heels and then come all the way forward. Again, this is something that you'd see um, a baby doing. Just rocking back and forth. And all this does is just gets gentle mobility throughout your hips. And also um, encourages you to stay into more of a neutral spine posture. Now, if this hurts in any way, all you need to do is limit the range of motion. So rock back right up until the point where you feel like it, it might hurt. And then come back forward again. And just throughout this time, just relaxing and breathing. doing it for 30 to 60 seconds at a time. So that's one, quadruped rocking. And the second one is um, what we call neck nods. And you can do this in, in a various various amounts of positions. So you can, again, be on all fours. And all you're going to do is bring your chin to your collarbone. And then from there, slowly reach your head as back as far as possible. And really reach your eyes. Try to look back as far as you can up towards the ceiling. And just go through that gently, um, repetitively over and over. So you flex down. You flex back up. Me and Lauren are literally doing this as we speak. (laughs) It feels great. (laughs) And again, this just gives your spine some gentle motion um, at the top end of it. So these are two things that we really like to integrate. And again, this is another thing that a baby would do. They would be able to, uh, as long as they're capable, they're able to control their heads and try to keep keep it up into a better posture. So um, neck nodding as well as quadruped rocking are two of our go-to low-level stuff. Um, and then from there, we'd like to have people get on their backs and from their backs. So they're, let's say they're in hook lying. So they're on their backs, knees are up, feet are down. And what we want them to do is try to get their rib cage, place their hands on the rib cage. And if it's flared up, we encourage them to try to exhale, breathe out and try to get their rib cage, um, down towards the floor. And now this doesn't mean their lower back is on the floor. Your lower back will be wherever it likes to be, but we just want the rib cage down. And that just means that we know that we're not in an overly extended posture. And when we're there, then we can do things like marching. So picking up your legs and then lowering them down one heel down at a time, keeping your feet in really close initially. And then from there, we also like to do things like uh, bird dogs, where you're on all fours and you reach out opposite arm and leg and extend them out. You've probably seen this before if you've... um, had some back pain before when you've been to a physical therapist, but all low-level activities where we're really getting a lot of good core benefit, but not overloading the system.
1: So another thing we want to look at is the potential for the back pain to be caused by tightness or stiffness in the joints either above or below your lower back. So looking at either your hips or your thoracic spine. Um, And oftentimes what happens is if you get extremely tight throughout your hips, you may try to use your lower back to perform certain exercises that you should really be using your hips for. Mm. Um, and the same thing with your upper back. So if you're supposed to be um, extending through your upper back, but it's really tight because you sit at a desk all day and you're always rounded over, then you might extend through your lower back instead. So two, like some simple things we can do are start to um, address your mobility in those two areas. So in your hips and in your upper back. Um, so some ways we can do that. A simple hip flexor stretch is a good way to start. So just taking a half kneeling stance. So one knee down and one foot out in front of you and thinking about keeping your rib cage down, just like Jason was just talking about rib cage down. So you're not going into back extension and then squeezing that back glute and driving that back hip forward just a little bit and then rocking back. So you're doing this rocking motion where you're rocking forward, getting a hip flexor stretch there and then rocking back and going back and forth that way.
0: The important thing to note for that one is not to do it in a way that um, maybe a yoga um, uh, practitioner might do it where you're really going forward, letting your back arch significantly. This is fine if you don't have back pain, and you practice yoga regularly because that's more of a holistic stretch. But if we're really targeting hip flexors, we want to get into, again, that rib cage down, that back glute squeeze to keep that spine neutral and that'll really isolate the hip flexor.
1: Yeah, so oftentimes you won't need to go very far at all. And you might not need to move move at all in order to feel a hip flexor Mm -hmm. stretch.
0: So really tuck that pelvis under. Yeah.
1: So Okay, so that's a good example of of a sample hip opening exercise you can do. Um, T-spine would be another area. So T-spine stands for thoracic spine, so the upper part of your back. So one for thoracic mobility would be... uh, Starting in this quadruped position that we were talking about before, so hands and knees, and sitting your hips all the way back onto your heels. And then from there, you can take your right hand and place it behind your head. Then you can take that right elbow and reach it through your other arm, and then rotate around so you reach it all the way up toward the ceiling. And you're gonna keep repeating that process. Reach the elbow through the other arm, Rotate around, reach it toward the ceiling. And you're just slowly, I wouldn't force anything in the beginning. Try to do this really gently in the beginning. And then slowly keep increasing the range of motion as you go. So you're getting that opening of the upper back. You really want to make sure you're sitting all the way in your heels because being Mm -hmm. all the way back there locks in your lower back so that you're not rotating through your lower back and you're free to move through your upper back.
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, another uh, drill that you can use um, is foam rolling. So when you're foam rolling, ideally you should target the upper back. So one thing you want to try to do is lay on your foam roller, get your hands behind your head, and then really get your elbows together. That's going to get your shoulder blades out of the way so you're not rolling on bone. And then from there, all you're going to do is you're going to roll from the base of your neck towards your middle back. You don't want to roll too down low. You don't want to get really onto your lower back um, because there's some places that you might um, affect, but uh, generally you want to get to the upper back. After you get about 30 seconds of rolling back and forth, and it should feel pretty good. You might get some cracks and pops and stuff like that. Um, What you want to do is start at that middle back position, keep your hips down this time, and then slowly extend back along the roller. And again, trying to keep your ribcage down here. We don't want the motion to come from your lower back. So by keeping the ribcage down, you're able to generate a lot of mobility throughout that T-spine. And then from there, after a few extensions, just work your way down so that the roller goes up your upper back. Um, You can do a similar thing at your desk, actually. If you're sitting on a chair, you can literally just... Get into an upright posture again. Get your hands behind your head, elbows together, and really reach your up your elbows up towards the ceiling, keeping your ribcage down. And again, that drives some good T spine mobility in your chair at your desk. So you just that's just something that you can think about throughout your day.
1: Nice. I like the practical application for people at work because that's probably where most people are sitting. <laughs> um, cool. So those are some mobility drills. Now let's get into some stability drills that we would like to use.
0: Yeah. So actually, so speaking of um, hip mobility, we're we're actually now gonna go into hip stability. So a simple low level exercise that we can do is a double leg glute bridge. So again, you're gonna be laying down on your back, your uh, knees are up, your feet are down, and your feet are close to your hips. And from there, you're gonna get your rib cage down towards the floor, just like you would for marching. And again, bridge your hips up towards the ceiling without letting your rib cage flare up. And what you wanna think about here is really squeezing your glutes together tight, And um, again, not letting your rib cage flare up while doing so. Do this for about 10-second holds, maybe four or five times or so. Um, That should be good to um, get some more awareness in the glutes, um, which can, again, help mitigate um, your back taking over a lot of um, uh, the the stress um, because of weak hips. Um, Another exercise for strengthening the hips would be laying on your side and getting a mini band, like, um, like a light mini band, around your knees. And from there, while on your side, you want to bring your knees up closer towards your chest. And while keeping your feet together, you want to raise that top knee off of the bottom one. And what that does is it encourages your, um, one of your hip abductors, your glute medius, to then fire. And again, that stability will then help translate into um, better stability to um, help uh, mitigate your lower back taking over different rotational type movements.
1: And then on top of hip stability, we also want to work on core stability. So a great baseline place to start would be planks, so both front planks and side planks. Um, A front plank is essentially an anti-extension exercise. So basically you're, by holding yourself up on your forearms and on your feet and trying to maintain a flat back or flat body from the back of your head to your heels, you're resisting gravity's pull of pull gravity pulling you into extension because gravity wants your lower back to sag it wants your hips to sag Mm -hmm. so you have to resist that so you have to keep your hips up keep your rib cage down so we're not letting that rib cage flare just like you were practicing on your back now it's a little bit harder because you're in this plank position where gravity is working against you um, but that's why this is going to be end up like this is kind of the next step in the progression is to be able to do this while you're actually having to work against something Um, So what we usually recommend is starting with 10-second holds. Just do like a 10-second hold where you're really making sure you're maintaining a flat position from the back of your head to the back of your heels, and then come down and relax. And maybe do that three times. And then the next time you do it maybe do it four times and then maybe the next time go to three 15 second hold so just keep mm-hmm. increasing the amount of time that you can hold that for um but don't just do a plank for the sake of doing a plank this is, should be very intentional with your positioning mm. very much thinking about keeping that rib cage down not allowing that lower back to sag at all yeah um and then the side plank is is basically anti uh lateral flex, lateral flexion so making sure that you're not uh letting your butt sink toward the floor Sideways, If that makes sense. <laughs> so you're on your forearm on just one side with your feet stacked. You're going to push into the floor with that forearm. You're going to reach your other arm up to the ceiling and you're going to push your hips up toward the ceiling as well so that you're not letting your hips sag toward the floor.
0: Yeah. And so if those are too difficult for you right now, what you can do uh, for a plank is just to prop yourself up on, let's say, a bench or something. So you got your forearms on the bench. So it provides more of an incline plank less gravity, a little bit less um, resistance to accommodate. Um, for a side plank, you can do a side plank on your knees, so all you need to do is just tuck your feet back behind you, and your two anchor points are going to be your knees as well as your elbow, um, so that reduces the lever and again uh, reduces the load a little bit. Um, and Also notice that we didn't start with planks and side planks. Most people start with planks and side planks, and these are just exercises that are going to be more challenging that people give them credit for because a lot of people doing do them mindlessly where they just let their hips sag. And you can kind of like hold that position for quite a while if you're not uh, paying attention to, to the details, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we want you to start off with more low-level stuff like breathing and marching on your back and glute bridging and some mobility stuff. And this will help set the stage for when you actually progress to things like planks and side planks.
1: Yeah. So the, that's our general recommendation for... People just starting out, like trying to come back from a back pain injury, for instance. Um, so really going easy, um, building up and and putting a lot of mindfulness and focus into yeah. all these things. Um, and then from there, we can typically start to, as long as the pain is starting to subside, we can stip- typically start to advance to exercises that are a little bit more demanding while still maintaining this kind of thought process of that where your body and space is matters um, and and having more mindfulness. So I actually want to kind of lead this into our last question, which is from Morgan's underscore 10. And they asked, Hi guys, I have a question for the podcast. I do CrossFit and modify a lot due to a back injury. I also... Do regular PT, but I'm starting to get overwhelmed with information. There are tons of stretches and exercises to do. Is there a specific warm up or cool down I should do, or simple mobility exercises I should do daily? I'm getting paralysis by analysis. I follow several fitness and PT IG pages, and it gets overwhelming. Any gui- guidance is helpful. Um, so, I mean, a lot of what we answered in the beginning hopefully could clear some of that up. Mm-hmm. Um, her questions about mobility, but then from there, if she's still doing CrossFit and still modifying, um, what we see a lot is people spend so much time working on mobility work and doing their PT exercises, and then they hop back into the gym and start lifting in the same fashion as they were lifting mm, before. Yeah. Um, so you might hop back and go right back to barbell cleans, but you didn't actually address your positioning in the clean. You just tried to address your mobility and your stability,
0: Yeah. right? So yes, yeah, so these are all... <clears throat> like any, like When CrossFit comes to mind, what we're typically thinking about are lots of back squats, lots of deadlifts, Olympic lifts, and all these basically the, the fault if you don't have the right um, activation where it needs to be happening is to extend through your spine. Mm-hmm. So your rib cage gets flared up. So you start doing like snatches and you start doing cleans and deadlifts. The automatic predisposition for a lot of people is to extend through their lower back and arch there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So What we would say is all those mobility and stability exercises we went over in the beginning are important and you should still do them, Mm -hmm. but then you want to translate what you learned from them, what your body learned from them to your exercises. So let's take the deadlift for instance. Um, So we were just doing, Jason walked you through a glute bridge, right? Where you have your rib cage down and you're driving your heels into the floor, but keeping your rib cage down. So that top of that glute bridge, your hips are extended and your rib cage is down. We want that same positioning essentially at the top of your deadlift. But what we can sometimes see is that people get to the top of their deadlift and they push their hips forward. Mm. They let their back arch, their glutes are relaxed, and they're leaning back with their upper back. And what that's going to end up looking like is a poorly done glute bridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we want to take the information that you got from those exercises and try to apply them. So in the deadlift, when you get set up, think about shooting, sending your hips back, keeping your back flat with your rib cage down at the beginning. Not so much that it rounds over, just so much that you stay flat. Then from there, as you push into the floor, you're maintaining that ribcage connection to your body, push into the floor, and then at the top, you're squeezing your glutes tight, you're standing up tall, you're not leaning back or opening up through your ribcage at all, and then once you've locked it out, reverse that pattern by sending your hips back and slowly lowering it down to the floor.
0: Yeah, and so Lauren just talked about the top of the movement, but the problem could also be when she's hinging back. So mm-hmm. whenever she's coming back into the deadlift motion, she's hinging her hips back, And a lot of people will end up sort of dumping their pelvis forward, which means that the rib cage pops open and again, places more stress on the back than we would like. Um, One thing that you can do as sort of like an awareness tool is to do a hip hinge without a barbell. And actually, while you're hip hinging, what you can do is get your hands on your rib cage and from there, go into your normal hip hinge pattern as if you're about to deadlift and just check whether or not your rib cage wants to flare up and push into your hands And if they are, then what you want to really think about is either going back to those marching drills and planking drills that we talked about, or just trying to uh, perform the movement a lot slower and making sure that you really keep the rib cage down as you're hinging backwards.
1: Yeah. So that's actually, and we're we're talking about people who are sensitive in extension with deadlifts. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing obviously applies with flexion, but I think that's more common is everybody's like... Everybody knows not to round your back doing a deadlift, right? You yep. shouldn't hunch over to do a deadlift. But a lot of people don't realize that when they try to counteract that, they actually go into too much extension. They actually go too far the other way. Yeah. And a lot of times that's what we see irritating people's backs.
0: Totally, yeah. You you always hear things like from powerlifters saying like, oh, arch really hard and brace really hard. And a lot of the times that uh, can be really... Conflicting advice, yeah. obviously. And so. they're saying
1: that because they're trying to prevent you from rounding. So mm-hmm. they think that... Which is makes sense. Like, if you give the opposite cue, then hopefully you'll just go to neutral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sometimes if you're not somebody who was rounding before and you hear to arch, then you're going to just go into an arch. So it should be very... That shouldn't be a general cue. That should only be a cue for somebody who might be, like, rounding excessively. Telling them to arch might bring them to neutral. Yeah. But somebody who's already doing a pretty good job with deadless, telling them to arch is actually going to get them into extensions. So. Yeah.
0: So I, we would probably... Actually, just work our way backwards from deadlifting to rather patterning your hip hinge, and for back squatting to start patterning just a normal bodyweight squat, Mm -hmm. and just making sure that you can do so without any issues. And now, if there are still like, it doesn't mean to get rid of the exercise altogether. Like you might be totally fine doing a front squat, or maybe squatting with a safety bar or a yoke bar, um, where. You're not really getting your shoulders all the way back into this back rack position, encouraging that, that extension. But whereas a front front rack position or using a yoke bar or a safety squat bar uh, would encourage you to keep your ribcage down because your arms are out in front of you. Um, so that's a solution to that. Instead of a deadlift, maybe you could do either a rack pull. So off of some plates uh, where there's some elevation. So it cuts off that range of motion. Um, Or maybe a trap bar might work as well. Um, So I would try to pattern those body weight movements first and then go into a little bit more uh, exercises that would uh, set you up for success.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, and I think the key here is just being okay with being where you're at too. Um, I know that I used to... Like as soon as if I had an injury and I felt like it was better, I would immediately jump back to the weights that I was using before right, the yep. exercise I was doing before, and the injury would flare up again. Of <laughs> course, um, so once you're recovering from an injury, go don't don't let your ego get in the way because that's what I definitely would do. Go down and wait. Um, try to think about this as a repatterning like opportunity that you get the chance now to improve your form Mm -hmm. with lighter weights with slower repetitions where you're you're more mindful um and it's gonna your body is gonna be working just as hard because you're gonna be fighting your old tendencies and you're gonna have to overcome some of that so you're still gonna be getting a great workout in even if the weights aren't as heavy and then you can build on top of that safely without actually going back into that same injury pattern
0: yeah yeah and after that repatterning phase like we've had people do like heavy split squats where they're in a very upright position but with dumbbells in their hands and they're really overloading their legs doing step ups and reverse lunges and you know all those sorts of variations and then we get get them to a point where they can start doing back squats and deadlifts again and then get them to a point where they're doing kettlebell swings and olympic lifts and stuff like that without any issues but it's only because again we've set that stage with breathing with low level work with uh, mobility work higher level stability work patterning strength exercises, and then getting to that conclusion of uh, explosive ballistic power exercises, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just a couple more, um, because Jason threw these out there and we should have probably also added these, a couple more exercises you can probably do without pain that are still going to allow you some like progressive overload are, like Jason said, split squats or lunges are really good for Mm -hmm. lower body, um, as well as step ups or lateral lunges. Uh you can do hamstring curls, you can do some t r x hamstring curls, stability ball yeah um for upper body, usually things like push ups or dumbbell bench press are okay pull ups are usually okay um, like any type of rowing variation as long as your back is in a flat position feels feels comfortable
0: mm-hmm. um actually a lot of times for people with an acute spinal injury like let's say they like Tweet their back playing with their kids or something. We'll actually get them into a very like pretty bodybuilding specific workout where they're being supported by the bench and doing bench presses and shoulder presses and things like that where they're not overloading their spine for that short period of time. But again, that's a very very case specific scenario where we don't want to overload that spine at that time. Um, for probably like a two week period,
1: yeah, um, but yeah, so don't you shouldn't feel like you have to go right to all of the like rehab things. Like you yeah. should do all those things, but you can also still work out just trying not to go into anything where there are shearing forces on your spine. So yeah. back squats or deadlifts, anything like that.
0: yeah, yeah. 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 and it, it can be really difficult, especially in a competitive environment like CrossFit where your reps are being counted and you're forced to do things for time. It can be a really difficult setting. So if you, if your box is one of those places where it's like no pain, no gain sort of situations, then you might want to consider going to maybe like more of a sports performance facility for a little while before, until your back starts to feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that was right? about 25 minutes of all back stuff. So hopefully...
1: Hopefully that helps. Yeah, <laughs> we we know a lot of you have probably experienced it. We both have ourselves as well. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of goes through it at some point. But hopefully, anybody who's dealing with some chronic pain uh, can really start to get take some of those exercises and put them into their daily routine. Um, and actually,
0: and, yeah, speaking of daily routine, I think people mistakenly start to just completely rest once they're in a back pain situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, very low level stuff done consistently and daily is going to be much better in terms of improving blood flow and just improving your overall pain levels because your body will perceive that these movements are okay as opposed to resting and then doing something and it going back into spasm again. So um, low-level stuff done repetitively is going to be good for the back. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's about it. So um, if you guys could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be really appreciated. If uh, You can send in more questions at podcast at achievefitnessboston.com. That would also be really appreciated. Um, And I think that's about it.
1: So until next time. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Love. And and muscles. muscles.